thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your hosts, Daniel and Eduardo, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right, so welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I am Eduardo, and I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And dude, it's so good to see you. Before we get into this long conversation that's very, very long overdue, um, we're going to go ahead and narrate the story of the seventh labor of Hercules, which um, is now the capture of the Arimithian boar uh, with this rep- representation of Libra. And so let's go ahead and start with the story and we'll come right back. Labor seven, the capture of the Arimithian boar. The great presiding one within the council chamber of the Lord pondered the nature of the Son of Man, who is likewise a Son of God. He thought on what was needed to make him still more like unto his Father. Another labor must be carried out. Balance he needs, and judgment sound, and preparation for a major test in the future service to the race of men. For this, let him prepare with care, and the teacher, nodding on his tablets, the purpose of the coming test, went forth and spoke to Hercules. Go forth, my son, and capture the wild boar, salvage and ravage country, yet take the time to eat. And Hercules went forth. And Hercules, who is a son of man and yet a son of God, passed through the seventh gate. The power of the seventh sign passed through him. He knew not that he faced a dual test, the test of friendship rare and the test of courage unafraid. The teacher had instructed him to seek a boar, and Apollo gave to him a brand new bow to use. Quote Hercules, I will not take it with me on the way, for fear I kill. At my last labor, upon the shores of a great sea, I slew and killed. This time I slaughter not. I leave the bow. And so unarmed, save with his trusty club, he climbed the mountain steep, seeking the boar, and seeing sights on every hand of fear and terror. Higher and higher still he climbed, and then met a friend. Upon the way he met with Follows, one of a group of centaurs known unto the gods. They stopped and talked, and for a time Hercules forgot the object of his search. And Follows called to Hercules, inviting him to broke a cask of wine which was not his, nor yet belonged to Follows. Unto the group of centaurs this great cask belonged, and from the gods who dowered them with the cask, had come the word that never must the cask be broached, save when centaurs met and all were present. It belonged unto the group. But Hercules and Follows opened in the absence of their brothers, calling the Cherion another centaur wise, to come and share their revels. This he did, and all the three together drank, and feasted and caroused and made much noise. This noise the other centaurs heard from distant points. In wrath they came, and a fierce battle then took place, and in spite of resolutions, wise, 
Again, the Son of Man, who was a Son of God, became the messenger of death and slew his friends, the centaur's twine with whom he earlier had drunk. And whilst the other centaurs sorrowed with lamentations loud, Hercules escaped again unto the mountains high and again renewed his search. Up to the limits of the snow he went, following the tracks of the fierce boars. Up to the heights of the bitter cold he followed it, and yet saw it not. And night was drawing on. And one by one the stars came out, and still the boar outstands him. Hercules pondered on his task and sought within himself for subtle skill. He set a snare with skill and wisely hid. And then he waited in the shadow dark for the coming of the boar. An hour by hour went by, and still he waited till the dawn drew near. Out from its lair, the boar emerged, seeking for food driven by ancient hunger. And in the shadows near the snare waited the son of man. Into the snare the boar fell, and in due time Hercules released the savage beast, making it a prisoner of his skill. He wrestled with the boar and mastered it, and made it do the thing he said, and go the way he desired. Down from the snowy summit of the mountain high came Hercules, rejoicing on the way, driving before him on the downward way the fierce, though tamed boar. By the hind legs twain, he drove the boar, and all upon the mountain laughed to see the sight and all who met the Son of Man, who is the Son of God, singing and dancing on the way, laughed too, to see the progress of the two. And all within the city laughed to see the self-same sight, the staggering weary boar and the laughing singing man. Thus Hercules performed his seventh labor and returned unto the teacher of his life. And the great presiding one within the council chamber of the Lord remarked, The lesson of true balance hath been learned. A lesson still remains. At the ninth gate, again, the centaur must be met and known and rightly understood. And the teacher said, The seventh labor is completed, the seventh gate passed. Ponder upon the lesson of the past. Reflect upon the tests, my son. Twice have you slain that which you should love. Learn why. And Hercules stayed within the city gates and there prepared for that which later should befall the test supreme. What a great story. So many questions that I have for you, my friend. But before we even jump into the story, I want to talk a little bit about where you are right now. Because if you didn't know already, for those listening to the series, Daniel and I have had um, a bit of a communication issue between uh, where I am in Arizona and where Daniel is in the South. Uh, Daniel, a little while back, I think in late August, was it? Um, he moved to a completely other, uh, another area, area in the South, uh, starting with North Carolina. And in between that, we've had to adjust a lot of the time zones and times for recording, but also, of course, what we use, the, the signals that we need to be strong in order to connect, haven't always been, been in our favor, which is also very interesting. We've had those conversations about how you know, things that are not working in our favor don't necessarily be 
the end all be all for not being able to produce you know this series and just sort of making peace with that and we on the other end has done a wonderful job at because uh yeah the situation that he's had to endure since uh he left arizona is one of monumental stories that i think we'll save for another time um with a whole other episode but i don't want to speak for you man i just want to you know kind of let you talk about where you are and what's been going on since you left in august um you cool with that Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and we'll make this really quick. I went out into the woods in North Carolina, and I had this Zen month where I was just connecting, healing, sitting with myself, meditating. I was with two lovely individuals that I actually met from the podcast, Brian and Louisa. They opened up their space for me. It was it was the most healing month and a half of my entire life. Um, it was the most beautiful and everything was at peace and everything was very much at this balance that we're going to kind of talk about as the root of the conversation today with Libra. Um, and then, you know, always we were called to, um, and actually through this process to speed up the conversation, but not to go too deep into it. As I was going through the healing, um, with the start of the membership page, we very much, um, have had a deep, um, you know, I guess longing to go deeper into the alchemical process. And I found myself in this very comfortable space in the woods where I was in pure peace and Zen. And I decided to, the best way to reteach this alchemical experience and go deeper into it is actually to throw myself right into the fire um, and start this process internally. Um, and internally is how I thought it was going to be. Um, but it's so funny how the internal makes its way to the external. And that's exactly the situation that happened. The The space that I was living in was... Um, it was no longer available. They're, they're actually, they were looking to remodel it for like sustainability practices. And it just ended up moving up like months before it was supposed to. So this wonderful space was not avail available. And so looking and trying to kind of see what was close to me, I have a, uh, a dear aunt and uncle in uh, Southwest Florida, um, specifically Fort Myers. Uh, so I made myself down to Fort Myers, uh, got down here to see my uncle to kind of regroup and figure out where it was to go. And then we were, um, we had the blessings of um, meeting Mother Nature in a garment that I've never experienced fully um, with Hurricane Ian. And so kind of just recovering from that process. And most importantly, why we're even discussing it is because we have so much material that is... Um, trying to get put up onto the membership pages. Um, and we have so much action that's trying to happen on the website. But with this break of communication, because actually currently right now, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm actually ciphering internet from a uh, Walmart and I'm in the parking lot um, because we still don't have power at the location I'm at. And so very sorry about the delay. I am so excited about this program. And it's just so... We waited, like, Karina did such a good job making this beautiful website. You've put in so much work into it. And we've put in all this stuff in. And it's like I got a new bike for Christmas, and then I immediately broke both of my legs. And I'm just, like, looking at the bike. <laughs> I'm so sorry to <laughs> And laugh. it just, like, hurts. But it's so funny. But, you know, it's... Um, 
And it was so interesting because at, in the process in uh, North Carolina, I very much felt myself in calcination. And as I was making my way down to Florida, even when I arrived in Florida, uh, you know, all seriousness aside, I, at one point I was just driving and it was me and Canoe. We were in the truck with this kind of like open frontier of life in front of us. Um, and I started to cry. And it was very much this like, oh, is, is dissolution happening? Is the process, am I moving in from calcination to dissolution? Um, and then that was immediately verified with um, the announcement of the hurricane that was coming. Um, and, you know, even from our perspective, I've lived in the wonderful, wonderful state of Florida before. Uh, and hurricane, you know, the warnings come. And sometimes when it hits the Gulf, you really don't know where it's going to go. Um, and, you know, just from the process of moving, I really wasn't even paying attention to it. And it was just like funny. I was like talking to my uncle and I'm like, so is it like a tropical storm? He's like, no, it's a hurricane. And I'm like, oh, really? What kind? He's like, it's like a four or a five. And I'm like, oh, hot dog. Like, this is going to be a storm. Um, and it truly was. And, um, you know, I was able to be in a space that I could actually experience it. I actually was able to watch the whole storm. Usually when you have hurricanes, you have to board up your windows. Um, but the windows that I was actually wore are these impact windows. And they actually had this like lanai that we could sit outside. So it was... Um, it was it for for the I mean for all the destruction and everything that happened. I feel for everybody. Um, I think this community has done such a good job of working together. Um, but I do have to say, the trees. It was like a rave for the trees. Like it was a dance party that humans were not invited to, but they but nature was going wild. And it was actually there was there was a lot of beautiful moments in it, especially when we were in the eye of it. Um, and there would be moments it was just like blowing, blowing the roof down, and then it felt like it would just stop. And there's this like stillness. And it was, you know, even to the aspect of like the, um, after the storm and like we survived it, like seeing the birds, it reminded me very much of like Noah's Ark. Um, and it was like, oh, the, the storm is done. The birds are flying. And it was this unique kind of process. And so, um, you know, I think Crazy. with just the, pro yeah, with the process of dissolution, man, I think we'll, we'll really kind of talk about, I think the whole experience of the hurricane um, on a whole episode. And I think I already kind of spoke a little bit more than I was planning about, but what can I say? I'm all jazzed up at, all with my Walmart internet fumes here and I'm all jazzed up on hurricane. So it's just like, it's just coming out right now in the, in the, the cab of my truck, I guess. Oh my gosh, man. I know it's crazy to, to even just be able to see you right now since all we've been able to do is communicate here and there and, and to add to what you said, I mean, yeah, I know that you are pretty adaptable um, to these situations going back even the two decades I've known you for. It's like you're the one person that I would go, he's fine. Everything's fine. You know, whatever is happening, it's like, but he's fine. And sure enough, I would communicate with you and you were just like, hey, man, you know, it's it's happening, but everybody's good and we're all together and, um, you know. Uh, I feel for other people, but we're okay. And I was like, all right, I kind of knew that would, would be the case. And I should never take that for granted, but I always just, you know, kind of feel that, um, whatever your journey might bring you, you're, you're pretty adaptable to the situation. And again, this isn't your first rodeo. And so I'm just glad that, um, you're okay. And that, you know, you're making space and time to have this conversation because we have been sitting for a while on, the conversation of Libra and, you know, we always break down 
the astrological signs uh, in two episodes, you know, one following the story of Hercules told by Alice Bailey and that interpretation, and then the other being, you know, uh, in-depth conversation of the sign. And so I've had a lot of time to, you know, conjure up some questions and also be able to um, think about what I want to say and how we want to go about this. And so Again, man, thank you so much for, you know, making the time for um, not just me to have this conversation, but for everyone else, because I know that everyone's been very patient. Um, and again, big thank you to Karina for helping us with the website and getting everybody um, squared away with the memberships and also having the ability to communicate to all of you beautiful people through the website in this very strange time. But here we are nonetheless. So let's go ahead and get started. So I know that um, when we listened to this recording, we already went over the narration of the story and what a story it really was. Because, you know, for me in the last uh, while, every time that I have to narrate the story, it takes me some time to go ahead and and read and reread in order to not have any phonetic issues or any way of, um, you know, not pronunciating any... um, any words in there that uh, I may not be familiar with. And so it gives me time to sort of, you know, read it in a more calculated way, but also take in the notes that I want to take in. So before we go, you know, into all the questions and have this sort of conversation in a chronological order, you know, I kind of want to give you the floor, man. I know you already explained your disposition, but let's, let's get right into it because this sign is very interesting with its balance and what it really represents, but there's more to it because, You know, we brought this up in the last episode about how this sign being the seventh sign, you know, was added into the wheel. And so I kind of want to go into that really quick, if you don't mind. Um, And um, and then we'll just go into the story. Yeah, absolutely. And you you read my mind because that's exactly where I wanted to start today. And I felt like this is even through the alchemical conversations and natal charts, um, since we've kind of started Virgo and we brought that up, that was, that was like a question that everybody kind of had at the end of the natal chart. I'm always like, do you have any questions? And they would ask the question and then they were like, also, do you have any information about this, this transformation from 10 signs to 12? And this is actually the, we know that this happened historically, like we can trace it, mm-hmm. but the, the significance of it is still very esoteric. Of, of why this evolution happened and and how we can actually understand Libra through this and not only Libra, but also Virgo and Scorpio, because we have to remember they came from the same source of energy, but this source of energy as consciousness evolved needed to be broken up into smaller parts for us to understand its evolution in and to aid us in unfolding it correctly. Um, and so Libra was added. And so when Virgo and Scorpio were split, we we split the same energy and it's this it's really this use this u- unique kind of what we kind of called as like sexual energy that's really going to be understood more in scorpio but its beginnings are very much felt here um and we're experienced with through virgo and now through libra but what we're really going to see here is the most important aspect of this is how we approach libra and Libra needs to be approached through Virgo 
and it's approached through Virgo is the successful esoteric path. We have to approach the balancing of life through this analytical grounded nature rather than by balancing our lives with the burning desire of Scorpio. And so what we're going to have here is the womb of the Christ consciousness must be established for the guiding scales of the heart to create balance in Libra. And so we must create the Christ consciousness like we did in the sign of Virgo in order for that, the guiding scale of the heart to be able to create and maintain balance as we actually make our way into the higher aspects of the Scorpio energy. We don't, we're not going to reach this balance of the heart through the fixed Scorpio desire boiling water. It's going to be the analytical grounded approach of Virgo that we spoke about previously in this previous week. And so this understanding of Libra is going to be very interesting because if we think about it, Libra is one of the most difficult signs to understand. Um, it's an energy that we feel inside of ourselves that almost creates anxiety between making decisions. Um, a Libra energy very much can be equated to like a squirrel crossing the road. And it's like, oh, do I cross? Nope. I stop. Nope. Do I go? And it's like very squirrely. Like it's no movement, then fast movement, and then jerking back. It's this it's this it's a difficult sign to understand mainly due to the fact that it was it's almost like new information to us because it was the last sign that was introduced to us and so we're still having a new relationship with this because this was almost introduced into collective consciousness later on it's not as old as the old signs and so we're still kind of learning this unique balance that's generated in libra Perfect, man. I mean, so there's there's been there's been a lot of things, and I like that you talk about it being a squirrely energy that we all kind of feel inside as far as this balance, you know, because everybody understands the exoteric Libra to an extent, right? You know, you have, you know, the 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 woman who sees not from her eyes externally, but uses her internal eyes in order to see the real justice and balance uh, in the world that is, you know, uh, to be understood. And I think that that is just a small or just a fraction of, of what it really represents. And especially in this story, because in the story, I'm glad again, you, br you brought up how it's sort of blurry that Libra's as a sign, um, that, you know, is, is added to the wheel and, and understood, um, or very little to be understood at, at times. That's how the story sort of presents itself as well. And so, I actually like the way you prefaced all that because that sort of lets me segue into, the breakdown of, of this labor, because again, you know, the last labor, you know, with the sixth labor and even the fifth labor, we kind of had a little bit of a, of a deeper discussion regarding why it's not so straightforward and what it really represents. But this one, when we got into it, I said, okay, finally, you know, our, our hero has had his, um, you know, has, has not only conquered himself, but has conquered, you know, his mistakes. And of course, you know, he's never going to get it right as he's developing his um, understanding of, of this process of going through the labors. But, you know, once again, I was sort of taken back by the way he uh, approached this labor. And so I kind of want to get started from the very beginning. You know, he's, he's sent out to slay this boar and immediately is already, you know, not only just confident from his previous uh, experiences, you know, knowing what he should and should not take on through the, the labor, but also, you know, he's told that, um, 
that he that he wasn't aware he was going to face a dual test, and and the test is also involving friendship and courage, um, which we all know that you know he's a you know he doesn't lack any courage, but you know that brute um, side of himself you know tends to get him in trouble, and so I like that right off the bat with the story. They talk about how, you know, he's given an opportunity to have a new bow to use from Apollo and he denies the gift because he's aware of how, you know, his previous labors have gone to where he doesn't want to slay anyone and he doesn't want to slaughter anyone. He's, I think he says, this time I slaughter not and I leave the bow and, and unarmed he takes off with his labor. And so that right away I, it made me realize like, okay, he understands, you know, um, you know, the error of his ways, but he also understands, you know, that there's another way he can approach this labor. Um, and so, you know, when you talk about this, this, again, this decision-making and again, your um, analogy of crossing the road to where you're like, do I go now? Do I not go now? That sort of intuitive, um, that sort of intuitive moment where you feel like okay i'm going with my intuition to cross this moment but then you sort of doubt yourself all in the same time at the same moment is very powerful and i think a lot of people have had those moments in life where you feel the courage you know you're not lacking the courage you're not lacking intuition from your previous experience but there's something else that's sort of anchoring you almost like this unknown force that's holding you back even though you know nothing physically is holding you back. You can make the move, you can make the leap, but for some reason you're not making the leap. And, you know, maybe there's something else you're supposed to take care of before making such a decision, or maybe it's something internally that you haven't yet uh, understood. And so that's kind of what I took from the, from this myth, you know, that they break down is that there's still much for, I know, obviously Hercules to understand in the story. But as I was reading, it, I was like, here we go again, you know, what just happened? And so, um, you know, in the beginning, do, do you understand where, where I'm going with all of this as far as, you know, his, his courage, but also his, you know, um, I think he thinks he's on the right path, but then we kind of start to find out that he makes decisions, um, that I, I wasn't really sure where he was going to go with, you know, when, when he finally, I think meets with, uh, as it follows, um, you know, upon the way he met with follows and, you know, one of a group of centaurs is said in the story. And that's when I was like, okay, where is this going to go? You know, he's already, he already made a good choice, you know, not to take any weapons with him and knowing his, his path and what it's done to him before, but here we are. And so, um, I don't want to go too far ahead, man, if you want. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I love that you brought up the, Apollo and the handing over the bow. And what that's really going to signify as well is now that we have moved into the seventh sign, we are starting to go face to face and see the mirror of the opposite sign. And the opposite sign representing Apollo here is Aries. And so as we go through Libra, we start to see the we're going from those first six signs. It was the me in here. Mm. And now we're starting to meet the me out there with Libra. And we're starting to see a mirror reflection. So we've made our way past the semicircle into the external. And so what that's going to represent is the balancing of these energies. And as we go through, as we go from the 7th to the 12th, we will constantly look back on the opposite sign to gain the higher upper understanding what comes with these later signs. And so what that was, so that was a great thing to notice about the Apollo and him 
passing it up because sometimes we do have to go to war as Aries and sometimes we have to be diplomatic like Libra and create peace. But they're the same side of the, they're two sides of the same coin. They're, they're just a different face. And, but they're, but what we're going to kind of see is opposites are more of a scale of polarity rather than a complete opposite. And it's just the lack of that energy. And how do we find the balance between peace and, and the I am energy that was radiating with Aries? And that's what we're going to kind of come to and we're going to kind of understand. But again, we're, we're, we're starting to tap back to those primal seeds that we were first connected to with the first sign. And so this is why Apollo shows up because if you think about it, you know, Hercules hasn't yeah. had other influences since the first sign when they were trying to hand him tools and he just took off. But other than that, it's just been the presiding one that has been overlooking and speaking. This is the first time that we see a God appearing. Apollo is going to create, represent Aries and it's going to represent the balancing that Libra is going to represent with that Aries energy and how important it is. Sometimes we need to take action and sometimes we need to meditate and, and sit back and, you know, weigh the scales to give us the proper movement for the unfoldment of our soul. Excellent, dude. Well said. And, and that really just kind of ties into what I wanted to say. You know, it's, it's interesting how we, again, use Hercules in the story of, of the representation of all of us as mankind, but also, you know, the impulse that we might have in order to, you know, conquer not only ourselves, but the road ahead. And I think because of using him as this character, uh, and the, and this myth is so perfect because you want to read about how he's you know moving forward, not necessarily staying back and not going backwards, but always moving forward. Especially how every story is 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 you know beginning with the presiding one, you know asking him to move on to the next labor and what gate he will go through. You're already sort of set up with okay, it's a step forward but not necessarily a step backwards. And so to be sort of stagnant in a moment of decision-making and, you know, having to sort of stand your ground before making a move, you end up, um, you know, kind of having this, this encounter with, like you just said, a new God, which is the second, this is, this would be the second sign, um, or the second time bringing up Aries in, in the Zodiac wheel with the first being in Gemini. And so I thought that was interesting how that kind of comes up now. Uh, and now, like you just said, a God sort of presents himself in the room, but did you want to add something really quick before I keep going? Yeah, absolutely. No. And that's, and that's perfect. And you know, and it's what we're also going to be learning through this Libra sign is that Aries is that I am energy. It's the it's the birthing of the personal consciousness. And what we're going to start to approach in Libra is the sacrificing of some of our personal aspirations for relationships with individuals. And we actually have to sacrifice a little bit of this I am energy to harness and to foster relationships and connections with other people. And so what's going to be really mm. unique about this, and as, as we're kind of starting to travel through this wheel, because you're right, we're going through these lessons. And every time you're going, you're like, okay, they learned the lesson. So we're not going to have that problem anymore. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't coincide with the shadow 
So remember, there's unincorporated aspects that you don't see. Well, there's unincorporated aspects of the story that's going to unfold that you can't see, just like your shadow, that are going to now unfold in these 7th to 12th houses and these 7th through 12th signs. And it's going to be the unincorporated aspect of this Aries energy that's going to express through Libra. And it's going to be, if we're too selfish, well, this is why we can't have relationships. If we're not self-sustaining enough and we're too dependent on other people, we're not going to be able to have relationships either. It's like this balance. But what we're going to see is the 7th through the 12th is very much a projection of the shadow coming from the first six houses right. of the, the aspects of you know that we don't see. So yeah, we see what's read and told in the story, but we don't know what's going on between the spaces. We don't know what the shadow is getting created, just like the shadow within us. And this is where the shadow makes itself present is through projection. And we actually see it in our external because it's begging to get our attention that there's a part of you that's not incorporated and you need this to become whole. And as, as much as we deny that, it, it, creates action in the it creates action it almost creates hurricanes that come into your external world and it's just like do you see what this is do you see what i'm trying to show you so we're going to see that through this process so we're going to almost have to be prepared for challenges that we thought we already surpassed just like in life when we go through these experiences and stuff comes up and you know you you see the shadow, it takes another form in another direction. And that, that's what we're going to see as we continue through these, the 7th through the 12th signs um, and the further completion of that. And so although we're so proud of our hero, there's still so much to go. There's still so much to learn, you know? We, there is so much you know, to learn, we man. We just took the step to the outside. We just took the step to the external world. We're in the concrete now. We're in the external. We're in something that you can experience and feel and know, which is like one-on-one -on -one relationships. Um, and so that's right. what we're kind of really kind of getting connected to. And, you know, it's as we're kind of talking, as we're kind of going through this too, you know, I was speaking about how the evolution of consciousness called for the creation of the sign of Libra. And through that process, what that means is, you know, the, Libra is going to really show the desire for intimate relationships that was developed and blossomed within the consciousness of humanity. Now, this is something that we have to understand. Intimate personal relationships are relatively new in collective consciousness. Even the idea of falling in love at first sight that's actually a very new topic that got reintroduced to consciousness. This is not something that goes as far back because for the ancients, God, life, and love were one and they experienced it as wholeness. But as we are going through the process of differentiation, as we are going through the Kali Yuga and we're actually getting colder and more materialized, we can't perceive God, life, and love as naturally as one as the ancients did in the past. And so we begin the approach to the wholeness through intimate one-on-one -on -one relationships with people. And it's going to be the evolution of our one-on-one -on -one relationships with people that's going to help us climb that ladder back to that wholeness and the complete understanding of God, life, and love as one. But we needed this expression. We needed this experience, and we didn't need this experience collective consciousness needed this experience to further its evolution. And so this is why we're going to kind of go through this. It's, this was needed. Personal love was needed for 
needed to be developed and explored for collective consciousness to return to the wholeness um, and bring everything back to the wholeness. And so we have to go through these one-on-one relationships and these connections with the me out there and see our reflection in other people to climb that ladder back to that collective consciousness that, again, the ancients and your sages bathe in. Um, And it's the desire and it's the goal and it's what all of us are going to make it to, but we're going to learn this face of God through the one-on-one relationships of our personal relationships of friendships, romantic relationships, business partnerships, and even what I call your single serving friends, which is like the person you meet on the bus or the airplane and you have like one conversation with, but you're like, what a great lad that was, you know, it's, they're all for the formation and the connection back to this, to this divine balance with collective love. Um, And so, as you know, this this evolution of consciousness, um, this evolution of consciousness is going to really call for us in Libra to learn to build relationships that nurture the seed of the Christ consciousness within. It's the spiritual student approach, approaches relationships much different than a muggle is going to approach a relationship. We are going to approach relationships in this way through the path of Virgo, so we can analyze, organize, and understand how this relationship is nurturing the seed of Christ consciousness within us, rather than the other way of Scorpio, where the desire energy is what is, you know, fostering the motivation for that relationship. Instead, the spiritual student approaches it differently. And they look at this, they look at this idea that you know, relationships are a way for us to see ourselves into others. And, you know, when I say a spiritual student approaches a relationship in a little different of a way, you know, as spiritual students, we know that we should, that we don't need to share interest with everything that somebody else has. You know, there's, we can, we can learn and the lessons are going to come in all shapes and all sizes. The lessons of God come in all shapes and sizes. And we don't want to get too comfortable in our definition of where a teachable moment can come from. And that includes both people and events. And that's what Libra is going to have. It's going to allow us this openness to kind of understand that, you know, sometimes the wise man can be a fool and sometimes the fool can say something very wise. We don't really want to judge the packaging. And the Libra is going to allow for us to have that ability to see both sides, to see the a balanced approach and be able to connect and see that relationships are here for the fostering of our growth. And again, you don't have to have somebody who is in your relationships that share everything has to be similar with you. That doesn't need to be. It's it's all about, does this person nurture my soul? Does this person make me a better person? And do I make this person a better person by being in a relationship with them? And this is what we're going to kind of learn. And we're going to kind of start to approach why personal love was needed for the further evolution of this, of the seed of Christ consciousness that has been um, kind of put into the womb in Virgo. Oh, well said, man. I, I, you know, uh, as far as, you know, what resonates with me about everything you're saying in regard to the sign um, and the story it's told is, you know, we talk about it and the idea of the balance between the prejudice and justice and figuring out which, you know, which of the two 
um, having an understanding of both before you make a decision and move forward in your life. And I feel like, you know, that's what we're going to see in this labor is having the understanding of what that is, because, you know, you can, you know, one of the things that I kind of kept thinking about in regards to a metaphor was the color green. You know, you must understand blue and yellow and its true essence before you can walk a path that has that color in it. And I feel like when people decide, oh, this, I see green, I see the color I, and I know what it is. It's not so much whether or not you know what, what it is and what the path looks like. It's rather than understanding deeply what, you know, how much of each um, color you really need to know of before you make a decision onto what exactly is the shade of green that you understand. And I think that that's where the in-betweens you're talking about, you know, exists because people always think of the word, um, and in, in regards to balance that, Hey, it's 50, 50, it's having an understanding of this at a 50% and having an understanding of this over here at 50% and then combined. Now I have a full understanding of what they both represent. But it's not necessarily so straightforward like that. And so when you talk about the shadow self and consciousness, I do like that you're talking about the in-between. It's the things that we're not necessarily seeing right up and close. It's understanding different shades of those colors in order to really have a complete and whole understanding of what green represents in this metaphor that I'm bringing up, which I hope doesn't confuse anyone. But that's kind of what I gather because it's not as straightforward, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's why green is the color of Libra. And it's also the color of nature, which shows us green when it's in balance and balance. And I love that you chose between the blue and the red because, you know, between infrared and ultraviolet, right in the middle of the spectrum of light we can see is green energy. And this is why green is such a powerful sign and not only the esoteric and the occult, but in this understanding of balance and how nature is always pushing us to establish balance and she'll, and she'll give us waves to kind of, you know, to rock the ship if it needs us to become a better sailor. So many sea allegories I'm making today. Um, you know, and, <laughs> it's very and so, appropriate from um, where you are, man. It's so appropriate, right? Um, and you know, this the sign is is curious to us for another reason too. Um, it's not just curious because it's a new sign that was presented to us, but you know, also this is this is the only sign that's not a human or an animal. It's a scale. Um and it represents justice and it's going to represent an internal justice that can only be guided again by that nurturing of that seed that was planted with Virgo mm -hmm. of that Christ consciousness. And it's this internal balance. And the problem is, is Libra's, we can get into a process of where we, we try to find balance externally, but it's an internal process. And it, again, it moves out and it's going to be this internal justice. And it's, it's when we can calibrate the scales with our heart that we can truly let these scales guide us rather than being stuck behind the scales, which we're going to kind of see in that indecisive squirrel-like energy. Um, we're, we're approaching the balance of spirit and matter in Libra esoterically. And that's what we're looking at. Um, we broke it down into pieces and now we're going to balance it all together. And we're going to see the, the balancing of opposites. Um, and this inner intuitive guide of justice is going to be the judge and the justice that guides us forward moving through this journey. Um, and it's really this, this unique kind of meeting um, of energy right here. And, you know, and we'll speak about this in, in, um, 
when we discuss Scorpio. And it's almost, it's very hard. Even when we were speaking about Virgo, we spoke a little bit about Libra. And as we're speaking about Libra today, we're speaking a little bit about Scorpio. You really need to study these signs in, in threes. And this is also, we'll, we'll discuss this more in Scorpio next week, but this is also why Scorpio has three signs in one. It's the snake, the scorpion, or the eagle, or sometimes the it's the scorpion, eagle, and the phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's okay. They all represent the same three levels. It's because of this root sign that it came from. Remember, Scorpio and Virgo were one, and then it was separated into Libra. And so that Scorpio influence needed to be learned and educated through the three. So the only way you can reach that highest point of Scorpio is through the path of Virgo, Libra, Scorpio. And that's how we become the Scorpion Eagle, or more importantly, the Scorpio Phoenix. But it has to be through this way. It can't be through the other way. Remember, we went counterclockwise for a reason. We met the winds of these astrological forces head on because before it was just pushing our sails and we just go back in a circle, 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 and we're just on a hamster wheel. When we go on the journey of the natal chart and we start to esoterically explore it, we go counterclockwise and we go against the wind. So we feel it on our face and we pull ourselves to this experience. And so this is what we're kind of looking at as we're kind of um, making that way through. And we're starting to, we had to, you know, you think about sexual energy, that's complex stuff. Like it's, it can't be broken up into one sign. It's not just isolated in Scorpio. It has to be understood through Libra. It has to be understood through Virgo. And it's also represented through other signs like Taurus. I mean, it's, it's in so many places because, well, without sex, we ain't going to be here much longer. Right. You know, it's pretty important for all living things. And so that's what we're going to be kind of, um, kind of by looking and kind of discussing at. And, and again, we'll really kind of, you know, break this down on the second episode of Libra when we, when we kind of go into those qualities, but we're approaching a very unique sign with Libra. You know, it's, it's not an animal. It's not a human. We crossed a threshold from the meat in here to the meat out there. And it's our first sign that we, we meet others in. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, you know, this is where we, Libra is where you share space. Whenever you hear the term sharing space, that's Libra. Libra shared space. It's not just the I am my space, you know, it's the share space. Um, I didn't mean the quote to different online companies there, but that's exactly what it was. It's, it's like the my space is Aries and the shared space is Libra. Um, and so it's this, it's this unique kind of energy. But, you know, even when we kind of, again, kind of go back thinking about the balancing between this Aries and Libra energy, Aries is fast, dramatic and quick, hayfire energy. Libra is more balanced, meditative. Aries is putting the nail in the wall and driving it into the wall to hang the picture. Libra is, as you hang the picture, balancing it. And it's slight movements. It's not as aggressive. It's it's more of a of a softer energy to it. Um, it's not as forceful. Um, you know, it's still a cardinal sign. It's cardinal air, but it's not cardinal fire. It doesn't have the same effect as fire does. Um, and so, you know, as we kind of keep going through this, what we're going to really by seeing between this, you know, this balance between spirit and matter is we're really starting to approach this idea between the balance between the concrete and the abstract. And the best way I've heard this explained um, was the spider and the spider spinning the web. And we have the web and we have the space between. And so the concrete, that's the web. And that's that's that we actually see and we could experience it. 
the abstract is the space in between. Well, with a with a spider web, what's more important, the concrete or the abstract? Is it the, does the web catch because of the webbing, or is it the space in between so the animals, you know, the bugs don't perceive it and they fly into it? You can't really argue that one is more important than the other. It's it's a balancing in energy, and so in this moment between the spider and the web being the concrete, and the the um, space in between being the abstract. You the spider, right. you are the spider. You are creating that web, and that's what Libra is looking at. It's the creation of the web and the balancing between the concrete and the abstract. And this this Libra is all about creating this balance. And again, you know, um, we're really looking at this this fuller understanding of seeing both sides of the coin both sides of the situation and that balancing energies. Everybody has their side of the story and Libra allows for that side of the story to be heard. Well said, man. Well said, you know, and, and again, most of what you're saying right now, for me, at least from, from on, on this side of the, of the table, I kind of already have a lot of uh, my questions answered in regards to how the unfolding of this um, labor occurs for, for the reader, because when you start to really understand, you know, how he approaches one side and how he finishes the other, you kind of start to see that, that balance you're talking about in, in regards to that uh, analogy you made of hanging up the painting on the wall, maybe needing force to, you know, put the nail into the wall, but not necessarily using any force and using only subtlety to balance out, you know, the picture frame and making sure that it looks how it needs to look. And that's exactly what happens sort of in this labor as he starts off needing to take care of one end of things in the physical and the external, and then moving into the internal because, you know, he goes off onto this labor and, um, you know, he finds himself not only meeting another individual and sharing space with another individual, but having that individual sort of, you know, sway him towards, um, having an external experience. And in that case being, drinking the wine that is um you know that belongs to another group of individuals that is the centaurs um that are not even present to uh to give them the permission to open up um this cask of wine that they describe but in reality what's really going on is you know they're really approaching this side of themselves in the external and having that um, pleasurable experience together um which kind of makes you feel like okay he's listening to um, you know, the, the guidance that he's had, which is like, you know, make sure that while you're on your journey, you still, you know, feast, you still enjoy yourself. And so he thinks, okay, this is that opportunity that I was told where I can, you know, not only go on my quest, but also maybe take a little sidetrack or a little side trail to enjoy myself with, you know, another individual. But once again, um, you know, <laughs> I, this is where people are gonna die. People are gonna die. You know, he has that internal um, uh, sort of realization, but this 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 internal um, idea that you know he doesn't want to slaughter anyone, he doesn't want to kill anyone, and you're you're happy about that. You're like, okay, he's learned his lesson. He even speaks about it. He says, you know, I I already had my mishap in the labor previous, and now this one I know better. But you know, once he has a little bit of a um, of that external experience. And in this case, having something like, um, you know, the, 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 the wine that he shares with, with, you know, one of the, the centaurs, you know, follows, 
he kind of loses that intuition. He, he sort of loses his path a bit and, you know, he realizes, you know, I still have to defend my myself or else it's me versus it's me versus them. And if I don't take care of myself here, well, then, you know, there's no point into finishing this labor. Um, and so he he slaughters, you know, those that he's antagonized and gets away, you know, so you're kind of left a little bit already perplexed thinking what just happened, you know, but it's just part of that balance that we talked about between the colors that make up one. And that is, you know, he must experience this external uh, different way before he finishes this entire labor and has this internal experience. Um, but go ahead, man. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And one of the first things that you said um, was the, the idea that again, he was told to eat. He wasn't told to drink. Yes. So when we think about eating, we think about, okay, in Libra, your relationships are for the nourishment of yourself. This isn't for the delusion. This isn't to get drunk and to be dismayed and get a delusion out of this. This is not what friendship's for. You can enjoy and have merry times with your friends, but it has to be rooted in nourishment. And so we're going to see what happens when relationships aren't nourished in this nourishment. And it's more based off of the desire that's going to represent this liquid that they take in of the the fermented grapes. It's going to have this expression, and this is, again, a perfect showing of the shadow coming out. He had no attention to slay, but his actions caused him to slay because it was the internal causal factors of not finding nutrition through friendship, but using this as a a way of intoxication. Um, And we see this. This is something we... You and I both know we've had conversations about friendships that we're like, you know, now I look back on it. I don't like dislike the person. I don't have anger to this person. But that relationship wasn't fostering growth for me. You know, Um, it was actually it was it was a way for, you know, my unincorporated shadow to find expression. But it would have a negative um, nefarious end. And this this comes with the death and what this death is going to represent is it's going to represent a couple things. When we don't perceive our shadow correctly, we're not going to be able to maintain one-on-one relationships. And so the first thing that's going to be killed is our good-hearted approach nature to people. And that's what he slays here because he doesn't understand that he is the causal factor of of this of what created he sees it on the external and almost blames the others like oh they got out of line no you start you the one that started drinking the wine you got off your path and that's what was created you put this cross you put that you know that causal marble into place and kind of bounced it around and and that's what we're going to kind of experience here with this and so what we're going to see is in these one-on-one relationships at first we're going to see it as Oh, it was externally them. It was it was the people that I that I didn't get along with, and it was it's their fault. So I shouldn't be nice to people, and it almost kills this this open this open like it's just truly the openness that we had as children. A lot of us had, you know. You think about this as like the first me in here having this meeting with the me out there. It was like when you were making a sandcastle with Barry. And then you're having a great time, and then all of a sudden Barry gets up and he kicks it down and destroys it. And at first you're like, well, screw Barry. Like, what was that all about? But then as you really start thinking about it, as we start kind of analyzing it, and as we move deeper even into Scorpio, when we look at causal factors, we're like, oh, you know, actually, I kind of teased Barry, you know, all day, every day. 
And I always was kind of always making like chirpy remarks at Barry. And I was always like, you know, saying things and I just boiled him over, which caused this event to happen. But before we can actually get to those points and understand it, we see it as it's like an external thing and we just blame it on other people. And we're like, oh, it's it's their fault that I can't find a romantic partner. It's their fault I can't have true friendships. It's their fault that I can't have business partnerships where the seventh house is saying, you know, look in the mirror. Libra says, look in the mirror. There's, there's a reflection of you and it's the same, but it's flipped and you need to see this and you need to go to this and look at this. And this is what your friends are for. These are what your levy romantic partners are for. These are what your business partners are for. It's, it's for you to see yourself in a way that you can't perceive just by looking in your own self. And you need to actually see it in the reflection of the water of our emotional connections with people. And so we have this, this really interesting thing because when we start to realize this and we start to balance and reflect on it and then realize later on in Scorpio, the causal factors, all of a sudden we're just like, you know, Barry wasn't a jabroni that Tuesday morning. The jabroni was me. I am the jabroni. Like it was my causal factor that caused that, that situation to happen. Um, and this is a very new thing. This is, we're in cardinal air now. It's the beginning of thought and reason. It's the beginning to see the other side of the story. And all of a sudden we realize that we shouldn't be mad at Barry. We need to go apologize to Barry. And it's, it's our fault. And so to all the Barrys out there, we're sorry. Um, but it's an interesting, interesting, sorry, Barry. <laughs> sorry, Barry. Um, but it's true. You know, this, 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 this reason that gets born in this cardinal air sign it's born because relationships we cry require reason. It requires this balance, and it cries. It, what this the sign is going to call for us is to alert to us that there's there's needs of others. It's not just about you. It's not just about the I am energy. There's everybody is God incarnation evolving. So everybody's needs has to be understood. You can't drink the wine of the group and not expect there to be consequences with your relationships with the groups. You, you, you have exactly. to start to make sacrifices for the collective. Um, we still maintain our I am individuality, but the problem is, is, you know, we don't want to get to the end and climb the mountain and feel like, and realize that we were on the mountain all alone. Um, we need to have connections. Relationships are very rich for us at this time in the evolution of consciousness and, and personal relationships are, are very much a, a, um, um, uh, could be a guiding generating force for us to, to gain a, a higher level of consciousness and a relationship to the infinite. No, you know, one of the things that you just mentioned that really, you know, resonates with me in regards to all this is, you know, in quotes, they say, ponder upon the lessons of the past. And I think that, you know, again, we, we know this already based on the journey that we're going on right now, you know, but we, we know that we need to take the time, you know, to assess, you know, what the mistake might have been. And in this case with Barry, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, taking that responsibility and understanding you know, what, what not necessarily the mistakes that have been made, but really just having a, an understanding of the decisions that we've made, uh, that led us to the consequence. And like you said, you know, he, he was told to eat and instead, you know, they, they opened this casket that was not, you know, theirs in the first place. So again, you're the one who's antagonizing the situation that then led to the slaughter. 
But then after that's sort of out of his system, he moves on to not only taking responsibility for what he might have done, but also finding a way to finish the labor without any sort of violence or any sort of external force because he already took care of that. You know, he did it in a very muddy way. He didn't do it in a way that was very clear and clean. You know, he really did kind of walk a path that we all kind of just reading the story knew wasn't going to end well, um, you know, uh, but nonetheless, he still sort of retains that experience in order to continue with the labor in order to not slaughter the boar. And, you know, and he finds a way to be more intellectual. So now he's going internally to find a way to not necessarily kill the boar, but find a way that's more uh, strategic and, um, you know, just finding a way that's not necessarily violent or physical to capture the boar. And in this case, he traps the boar by just setting the trap and waiting patiently for the boar to fall in itself. So he doesn't even have to do anything physical. He doesn't have to, he just needs to be patient and he needs to just wait. And that's what we've, we've been talking about is that in the balance, you know, while we experience the external, which we already described through this labor and the casket and the slaughtering, he now has, you know, sort of earned not earned, but sort of created space to be able to wait patiently for what he needs to gain and how he needs to conquer the final stages in the seventh labor um, in order to succeed. And so he waits patiently, obviously, for the boar to you know come from its lair and fall into his trap. But <laughs> what's interesting is, you know, they describe how after he has the boar, you know, there's a few things that kind of occur here, you know, as he succeeds from the labor. This is the only labor that they talk about where he sings and laughs, you know, uh, and in the onlookers or the people of the village that he might be coming down the mountain from are also sort of enjoying, you know, his joyful attitude of, you know, conquering this this boar and bringing the boar down the mountain. But he's also mocking the, the boar in a certain way. It's kind of an interesting thing because he's not just carrying it on his back. You know, he 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 sort of dominates the boar and sort of steers it in the direction he wants to go in to sort of show people that, you know, I've not only have tamed the external and the internal, but this is how playful I can be now with the internal. This is how light I feel at this moment now that I've sort of, you know, been able to find that balance. You know, it's not so... Um, it's not so much of a prideful moment where the ego is sort of needing to really put out, you know, this is how I dominated this labor. Watch me, you know, slay or kill or hold the boar um, against its will while I take it back. He sort of has a more fun and lighthearted way of of expressing that that side of himself that he's now conquered, which I thought was very interesting. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, you know, there's, there's so many, and I, and I love how you brought that up about how the bull, the, the boar had to be conquered and be led. And that very much represents the conquering of that animal energy to be directed by the spirit. Right. And we actually have now taking the, the hind legs away and lifted it up so we can actually direct the beast that's within. And this, this very much talks about the incorporating of the shadow and the, the lightness that comes to the surrendering of this process when we allow for the, the the shadow to become properly incorporated into this Christ consciousness seed as it con it continues this incubation to become the world savior and you know there's there's 
there's this unique lightness that comes as well and this unique sense of joy and laughter when we do surrender to the group and to others and share an experience with others and not just think about the self. And that's that's what he shows that he's actually laughing with the village individuals as they're kind of making their his descent down. And, you know, it shows us very much as well the the need for lightness in this very complicated new aspect of consciousness, which is personal relationships. Um, personal relationships and personal love. Remember, we, we talked about the ancients. God, life, and love were one, and it was whole. They didn't need personal one-on-one romance was, was not really um, the deepest desire for the ancients. Um, and now as it's made its way, it's become more evolved and it becomes more important because it's very important to this like further connection. But these personal relationships and personal love, well, we, we have to approach this with lightness and we have to approach this with this understanding that this is a representation of the wholeness that you are already a part of. And so Libra is really going to emphasize this understanding and this experience of relationships, the love of friends and personal love. And the love, and we think of love as the love of another and the love of another. And this Libra represents the beauty that comes from this experience. When we reach for a hand that we love and it's received, and it also experiences the other side of the coin when we reach for a hand that is no longer there. Libra is going to teach us very much like that meme or that song, uh, love is a battlefield. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an experience. We have to take this lightly and we have to understand that this is part of the evolution to get you back to wholeness. Um, there's a, there's a great meme. Um, and it's always like a different thing, but it, in rough parts, and I'm going to like really fragment it. It says like, here's God watching you fall in love with someone knowing that he's going to end it for the development of your higher self. Like watching you fall in love, knowing that it's going to be taken away for you for the evolution of your character. This is a very sensitive place in humanity right now. Even a sage can question what he learns to know to be true when experiencing a broken heart. It's a very difficult, heavy experience for us to kind of go for. So the story ends with laughter to remind us to take the subjective experience of love and relationships lightly. And and personal relationships were added because that, you know, original life force energy needed it to be explored by us. But we have to explore all sides of the coin. And we have to understand that through all of those experiences, we're coming back together to a wholeness connection. And even though a broken heart and loneliness could be something that we very much struggle with, we truly have to take it lightly and understand that it's it's very much part of our journey. And, you know, there's there's some deep wisdom that comes for the waiting of this bore and for the individuals that struggle with um, loneliness or, you know, relationships. A lot of the times it's because we forced to fight it. Like we have to find it and we think we have to swipe on an app till we find that perfect one. And it's this active thing. And there's definitely going to be activity that's needed, but Libra is going to tell you to 
you know, come back, balance yourself, see yourself in the reflection. What are you projecting that's allowing for these relationships that mean so much for you to dissolve in front of your eyes? What what have you put into this? And so it really kind of pulls this information to us, but it also calls for us to take it lightly and to know that that universal life force, you are its number one. And it's your right. number one, and it will always be there for you. This, you know, the universal father and the universal mother will always be there. And it's, and we're, we'll be able to connect to it through personal relationships, but to understand the, the life cycles and the experience of that and, and to take it lightly um, and try not to make it um, such this, such this dire thing where we, we can't look at the past without smiling. We want to be able to look at the past relationships of the people we loved, even if they're not the hand that reaches for us anymore. But we want to be able to look on that with laughter and to smile and to see how beautiful it was to share that experience with that person rather than the pain that we carry and the rope that we hold. And it just tears at our hands because it's just like rope burn after rope burn. And we just, we run away with it and we allow ourselves to self-destroy ourselves because of these, these past mishaps. And what Libra is really going to kind of show us here is take it lightly, understand it, balance what that experience was and see what part of yourself needs to create more balance. So when Cupid's arrow or friendship arrows come back around, you are at that stability and you are at that homeostasis to create green and to create balance and to create, you know, expansion with another person, which is, which is very important in any which way. And it doesn't mean you have to be, you could be somebody who doesn't desire romantic relationships, um, but we still want to make that relationship with something. It could be friendships. It could even be, you know, I, I know one-on-one relationships, they always speak of Libra and personal relationships and, and pets kind of are represented on another part of the sign of the houses. But I always look at domestic animals as well in here, our connection with nature. You can have, you can form a relationship with uh, just about anything. I mean, I'm talking in my truck right now and outside of you and canoe, my truck's probably the fourth thing I speak to the most, you know, like outside of you, right. my cat, the truck. Yeah, I guess it would be the third. I don't even know who would be in this spot before, but like you can create relationships with things as well. Um, but there's this, um, there's this lightness that needs to kind of come from this and understand that, you know, certain, certain people come into our life for a certain reason. And again, so much will make sense um, when we can look back on it back, like look on life backwards, but we have to live it forwards. And that's part of this experience. And so take lightly the past relationships that you've had and filter through, find the balance, find the spirit that not just the matter and make sure that you balance it. So it's not just a painful experience, but it's, it's an experience that expanded your heart and experienced your capacity to share love with all. Well said, man. I know that every time that I hear you um, sort of express this final idea between the labor and the astrological sign we're breaking down, there's always, you know, bits of of relatable knowledge that you and I have had off air um, that you bring back onto the episode that I just really think are just magnificent, man. And I'm not just saying that because I haven't seen you in a minute in physical form, but everything you're saying, you know, is not just a lesson to take away from, but a better way to understand this labor. Um, because again, Alice Bailey does a wonderful job of using the myth, but also kind of leaves a lot of things up for interpretation. And I think that 
having you and I have this conversation and really make an interpretive uh, acknowledgement of this labor um, to one another for others to listen to is truly just one of my favorite things that, you know, we get to do. And so well said once again, man. Um, yeah. Very interesting. I can't wait to, to really get yeah. into it. Absolutely, man. Hurricane Ian can't even stop our That's conversations, right. man. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's all love, man. And it's, it's, it's the greatest honor in the world, um, being able to have these conversations with you. And it's, I, I just really am excited to keep exploring this. And, you know, one of the things that, um, I know we've, I forgot to speak about on my tangent ramble in the beginning, um, was the Tarot series will be coming back as well. And we're super excited, um, uh, to continue that, um, and um, so we could be on the lookout for, you know, those episodes as well to be kind of added to to the to the program and kind of revitalize those. Um, so if you've been waiting on those, please, um, we are working on it and they will be kind of coming this way. But um, but no, man, I was I was so excited to be able to have at least this this first conversation about Libra today Um you know, because it's just such a unique sign. We've all felt that experience of indecisiveness, you know. Uh, what do I do? Do I go left or do I go right? Do I take the red pill or do I take the blue pill? And the truth is you take both pills at the same time and you just let it start. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, we very much learn the gray um, and the importance of gray. You know, we think of the color green and then Libra also very much represents gray. And if you think about like when you look at a computer, you know, gray is just black and white, very much smallly imposed on itself. And it's a blending between the both. And we spoke about this a long time ago, and I'm, we're going to kind of further discuss it in the second episode, but very excited to talk about the Libra approach of Bugs Bunny. And there was a reason why he was, you know, his fur was gray. And it was to represent this idea of this balance. But the the white circle around his chest showed that that guiding light of pure consciousness is what guided his heart. But his how he carried himself was this perfect homeostasis balance of Libra, um, depolarized. And we'll talk about depolarization a lot in the next episode. And so, you know, so much to explore. And, you know, I... I really think we were, um, you know, fostering the idea of even when we finish this circle and we get through Pisces and this 12th labor, um, you know, we'll be coming right back around to Aries season after that. And we're going to continue, I think, the astrological and we're just going to make like a part three. And, it, you know, it's just going to go further because these signs are infinite. They go so deep. We just scratch the surface on these. Um there's so much to talk about. There's so many connections. And so we're going to kind of further tighten our understanding and tighten the knot of our understanding of this information so we can really kind of be able to utilize this and apply it more into our life. And um, I think this Libra is a, is um, it kind of really helps with the application of this balancing of energy. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, very jazzed about the continuing this conversation in the future about Libra. You know, one of my favorite things that I'll say this um, over and over throughout my life is, you know, having the the time and space to take the information that you have volunteered to learn is not always as clear and not always as easy to do when life, you know, presents these sort of um, hurdles at you. And I think that with the time that we've spent apart and, you know, you going one way, I'm going to leave the country here in the next uh, couple, you know, few days actually, and then come back, 
you know, all the time that we spend apart allows for this sort of distillation that we've talked about before allows for this experience of, of understanding this, um, this, this breakdown of, of such complex yet simple intuitive, um, you know, interpretations of who we are and what we, what we're made out of to really take form, you know? And I think that every time I talk to you, everything I thought I would ask every time, every time I thought I would talk about something completely different, you know, it, it sort of already has gone through me in a different way where I sort of answered my own questions. And then when I see you, there's more clarity, you know, even though there's been an absence of like communication at times between you, me, or, you know, of others in our lives, it's like that for a reason, in my opinion. And even with the Tarot, you know, I, I can't wait to get back to the Tarot, but as time goes on without talking about the Tarot with one another, more and more sort of, you know, comes into our lives that becomes applicable to the definitions that we'll have or the opinions or perceptions that we'll have and perspectives of what we are discussing on this podcast. And so that's for me, one of the most beautiful things in regards to doing this with you is that, you know, no matter how much time we spend apart or how much goes on in our life, there's ups and there's downs. It all seems to make its way back into having an understanding that was meant to really be explained from that absence rather than just like rushing it and going right into it, including the website. So thank you to all of you who have been very patient with us because this is something you're watching in real time, this evolution of us trying to bring more information, not only to you, the listener, but to even ourselves. You know, we are students of the occult and we are students of the esoteric, but, you know, we're always going to be students of life and life itself is, is this grand test that, you know, keeps sort of evolving. And there's no really, there's no real predictable way of how the outcome uh, looks, but, you know, having an understanding of what might come next um, does help, you know, some of the more painful situations that do present themselves that we weren't ready for. Um, and so, yeah, man, my hat's off to you, man, for being so patient also and being so um, clear minded for today with everything that's going on in the background inside your truck in a parking lot in Florida. <laughs> absolutely. Gotta love Ranger, man. Um, absolutely. No, man. It's, it's, um, it's a very interesting experience. And actually, you know, something that was very, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on right before, um, when I was making my way down here and I was like driving through the South and I, I, and I know some people have feelings about the South. I, I love every part of every country. Like I could go anywhere and people would be like, oh, that's, that's a tough part of town. I'm like, I loved it. I had a great little coffee at this place. And like, I, you know, I, I'm kind of blind sometimes to probably situations that I should be a little bit more aware, but I, um, was having this great time going down the South. And it was so funny because there was a t-shirt at a gas station that grabbed my attention and it was Jesus. And he was in a storm and it said, don't look at the storm, look at me. Um, and I looked at it and it was, and it just like really caught my attention of like, really like take this in Daniel. Um, and it was just so interesting going through the process of, of just the storm sometimes of life. And, you know, we, we, we are honored with the waves because it makes us a better sailor and we, you know, we welcome the evolution and, I, I have to be honest, I called on this, you know, you don't call on the angels for healing. And then when they come to do the healing, you're like, Hey, this hurts. Like, stop. The angels are like, well, we can't stop. You called for it. So, you know, it's, it's this interesting thing. And, 
You know, I, I really love that image, though. And you could put any of the universal archetypes that you are the most connected to. If it's Jesus, you could see Jesus in the storm. If it's Shiva, if it's the Buddha, um, if it's your own higher self, it could be that. Um, you know, if it, it could just be the void that you look into, which is the causal life of everything. Uh, but to, to realize to focus on something higher in those, those aspects, and all of a sudden we, we, uh, we start to perceive the, the waves as something much different, and uh, we start to kind of go with the flow. And that's what the plants were teaching me when I was watching the hurricane. Go with the flow. Let the storm pass. Just experience it. But if you try to do anything drastic right now, you're going to break it. Just make your roots strong so when the storm comes, you bend, but you don't break. Um, and I, um, I am honored to be on the path of the individuals that choose to bend and not break with each and every one of you and yourself included my good looking man on my screen <laughs> right now. So, um, Thanks, man. yeah, man, I'm, I'm just so jazzed and I know we're gonna, um, I'm just so excited about all the alchemy material too, that we're going to be putting out. And I know you and I are going to start doing morning coffee sessions um, where we have conversations and there would be like a live chat that we're going to kind of set up and, um, you know, hopefully get even to the point of like getting round tables and where other people can kind of come on, have conversations. Like even if we can get them organized where we're not even at all of them, like we don't need to be at all of them. There's everybody I connect to blows my mind at natal charts. Like I got my mind absolutely blown in this Walmart parking lot by um, an analogy that one of uh, an individual brought up. Um, and I'm going to save it because I said I'm going to quote it, but I'm actually going to talk about it when we talk about Sagittarius. So I'm going to save it, but it happens everywhere. You know what I mean? Like there's everybody is the teacher. And, I'm, and I know that the people in this community are my greatest teachers. Um, but it also comes from, you know, the, the Walmart greeter, um, that I see every now and then when I'm working at this makeshift office in my little truck here at this Walmart, you know? And so also if you can make it out to the La Bella Walmart in Florida, free natal charts, I'm going to be here until we get power in Fort Myers, which will be a long time. So I come here from pretty much like nine to eight. Um, I'm here doing other work as well. If you come, maybe bring me an avocado or something. That would be cool. But if you don't got any avocado, that's cool too. Just come free natal charts. As long as Fort Myers doesn't have power. If you find me, white Ford Ranger, 1990, coolest looking truck in the parking lot. No doubt. <laughs> oh man, if I was nearby, I'd definitely bring you some avocado, maybe some sourdough, oh. you know? Oh, oh, absolutely. Some sour diesel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, my man. Until next time. Until next time. All right, then.